Welcome to the Farmer's Voice. I'm Alan Watts with Kentucky Farm Bureau. On today's program, we visit with Gallatin County farmer Taylor Jones. Taylor, tell us about your farming operation. My brother and I, Zach, we've been farming together. I guess we lose track of time somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 years now. Um, I'm trying to think. I believe this would have been this would have been our 10th tomato crop. So we, we started exactly 10 years ago farming together and um, just been growing ever so slightly every year, kind of as demand presented itself. We started out with just 278 tomato plants, and uh, that was my second summer out of high school and my brother's first. And then, you know, it's, it's grown from there. I added watermelons and sweet corn and cantaloupe and, We've done pumpkins a time or two here and there and got some cattle. Um, really about when things kind of took off for us and it turned into something that we could do as a livelihood, we bought a farm our fourth year and uh, got got to growing quite a bit of tobacco as well then. Um, and it's just kind of been an ever-evolving thing year in and year out with kind of some steady crops with tobacco and alfalfa hay and tomatoes, watermelon, sweet corn, cantaloupe, pumpkins, all that stuff um, for the past seven years. Uh, however, we five years ago, we did start, start into hemp, and it's very experimental. We both, you know, kind of fresh out of college, figured $2,000 to learn how to grow a crop was a lot cheaper than a year at year of school at UK, so we, we figured it was worth the risk. Um, did not get paid our first year, and then just kind of through a crazy turn of events, got convinced to grow it again a second year. And to make a long story short, that's been very good to us um, ever since then. And now, I guess most recently, uh, got to where we're doing, uh, this year we had 137 acres of hemp, Still had a little over 40 of tobacco. Um, trying to think about four acres of tomatoes this year, six of watermelon. Just try, try to stay fairly diverse um, and basically do as much as we can to create profit margin. And the cash flow as best we can is probably one of the best advantages of the produce throughout the summer. So, but that's that's a little bit about it. Tell me a little bit about the history. Did you guys grow up in farming? Or are you guys first-generation farmers or what? Um, you know, I, I've asked others that question before. I, I guess by definition we're considered first-generation farmers. Um, both of our parents work in education. Our, our dad's principal and basketball coach at the high school. Um, our mom was a math teacher forever and now she's a a math a coach. I guess she kind of teaches other teachers. But our grandpa on our mom's side, he's farmed his whole life, and his dad before him farmed his whole life. So, so it was there. Um, there just wasn't necessarily a place for us to be a part of a family farm. Um, we've had a lot of help and a opportunity provided to us from our grandpa, but. They're just, we didn't really fit in his operation, so we decided to go do our own thing, and um, he he's helped us every way he ever could. We, we started out borrowing his equipment about 
every you know he'd he'd be pulling out of the field and we'd be standing there waiting on him but uh, but i just not however that's defined whether we're first generation or picking up something that was maybe going to go away I, I don't know how that's defined but that's that's a little bit about how it came to be well, i think it's interesting you guys have chosen a diverse uh, group of crops to raise as well not your typical farmer out there and i get and you mentioned i think you're just trying to find the revenue right yeah yeah just really anything that can turn a dollar um the tomatoes were always really good to us um obviously gave us our start uh generated enough which like anything it was very very high profit margins when we were starting out and doing every waking hour of labor our own self the margins go down the more bigger you get the more labor and whatnot but uh and tomatoes have always been good, and then we were going to grocery stores anyway, so it made sense to add the watermelon and cantaloupe and sweet corn and whatnot. And then when we bought a farm and had land and barns, and that's when the tobacco came. Let's talk about you and your involvement in the local community. Tell are your organizations, uh, committees, things like that in the local community there? Predominantly Farm Bureau. Um, working, uh, I've been on our, our local southern states board before um our our branch of southern states uh just combined with another franchise nearby a co-op and asked me to be on the board of that uh, there was an election don't know yet whether i will be on the board of that or not um I've been president for a few years here of our local farm bureau trying you know we were the smallest farm bureau in the state and I think, I don't know these numbers exactly, I think they're around 650-ish members the year that I became president, and we've been trying to get more involved. We have a really good agency manager. Um, It's been a very good time of growth the past three years, so there's more doors opening. Uh, We've got a a lot of new board members coming on, kind of some you know, energy and interest in being more active in the community. So excited about what we can hopefully do to have a, a greater influence there. Uh, aside from that, just kind of try to help with youth sports as much as I can. That was something that was always very important to my brother and I. Of course, our dad's basketball coach. So there's a there's a lot to do, whether it's, you know, going in and helping with the fifth grade team's practice or the high school team or ref and junior league throughout the winter just try to still maintain a lot of a lot of you know association with youth sports that to my brother that had a whole lot to do with the people we ended up becoming and you know work ethic and just a ability to get things done tell me about some of your biggest struggles on the farm Taylor. what are some of the big things that keep you up at night just the things that that are out of our control um if you ask anybody around the state of Kentucky, tobacco is a lot of hard work, and it is. Um, and that's been a big part of big part of our operation. But tomatoes, somewhere in the neighborhood of three times the number of labor hours in an acre of tomatoes is tobacco. Watermelons probably vaguely close to tobacco, and then hemp's prop a good 150% to maybe double what tobacco is. So that just kind of gives you a, a little bit of an idea. There's just a lot of labor hours going on all the time at our farm. And 
you know the the H two A mandated wage has gone from nine eighty uh, all the way up to twelve forty in our, in our time of having H two A labor. Hypothetically, I anticipate next year it'll be close to thirteen. But if we were to call it twelve eighty, that's three dollars an hour, and most of our workers are getting around eight eight thousand hours in a year's time. Or no, 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 I, I quoted that wrong. Let me rephrase that: around two thousand hours in a year's time. So. You know, you're looking at $6,000 per worker that there's nothing in the world we can do about. At this particular moment, we've got 30. I mean, that's $180,000 that is essentially mandated by the government that would have been in our pocket seven years ago, and now it's going somewhere else. Um, And, you know, there's really no... The tomato market doesn't particularly respond to that. The hemp market, you know, that price increase for our labor, the commodities we're producing, I mean, tobacco has gone down a quarter a pound in those seven years. Cattle have gone down a dollar a pound. So just the prices of the commodities we're producing and the cost of labor that it that it requires us to get that done. Um, there's just a whole lot of dollars that really need to be going into our farm operation that, that goes somewhere else as a result of nothing of our own doing. And that, that above all else probably keeps me up. What about what do you enjoy the most about farming, Taylor? Probably above all else, the fact that my brother and I get to spend all day, every day together, um, that, that would be number one. But beyond that, just the innovation of it, I <laughs> we joke all the time. We we give uh we give the coffee drinkers at our local gas station a lot to talk about every year, but we love trying something new. Um love trying it trying to do it a new way, which you know, sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't, but it really is rewarding when it does work and you know, the, the hemp, for example, that was something that nobody really thought would come to be what it was the past few years. I really hope it stables out and replaces, you know, what tobacco was for so many years for Kentucky farms. I hope it becomes that for the next 20, 30, you know, far into the future outlook. Tomatoes was another thing. I mean, nobody around here had ever grown tomatoes and we're just looking for something with profit margin to get going. And in all of those things, just the ability to, you know, so much of farming, there's no set way of doing everything. There's a way that a lot of people do it, but you can tweak that and make it your own and try to improve efficiency and lower your cost of production. And we're all the time doing that. Um, Truthfully speaking, I'd say we have enough blunders and mess-ups throughout that process that we don't really lower our cost of production in the long run, but maybe one of these days we'll hone in on what's worked over the past 10 and, and it'll, we'll reap the benefit of it, hopefully. Our guest today on the Farmer's Voice program, Taylor Jones from Gallatin County. I'm Alan Watts for Kentucky Farm Bureau.